When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another captaincy video from Fantasy Football Scout. It's double game week time again and last time it was the biggest in FPL history. This time around it could be the most underwhelming ever. Uh, my name is Joe and joining me is David to look at the best armband options for double game week 27. David, how are you? Yeah, doing well thanks Joe. Um, it's, uh, as you say, a bit underwhelming looking at the options we've got for this game week and of course uh, we're recording this with uh, a little bit left of game week 26 and that's been underwhelming too so um, yeah we'll do our best to uh, to be excited about the options on offer um, I went for Calvert-Lewin in the end who obviously in the first game um, you know played right wing which was nice um, you know watching Spurs on the Sunday was quite scary uh, as someone who sort of said well I'm not going to break my team to get Kane in thankfully he only got six points yeah. um, but that's mainly because of Bale um, Bale seemingly the reason why everything we said about Burnley just completely evaporated so sort of swings and roundabouts there yes Spurs were better than perhaps I expected mm. but the fact that Bale was around at least made sure that Kane only got six points at that point so I yeah. don't feel too bad about not owning him at the moment but no. we'll see <laughs> no I know the um, I think the two things with Bale are I mean, obviously he helps the whole Spurs attack so as we saw with Son there was plenty of points there for him assist wise Kane could have got much more um, Bale helped that but Bale might not play every Premier League game Mourinho certainly hinted um, that he would like to play him but he probably won't be able to for every single game but you never know with Mourinho maybe he will play him every single game <laughs> in which case Bale could be start becoming a captaincy option um, alongside the likes of Kane and Son that we've spoken about many times so far this season but on to this week uh, Man City play Manchester United and Southampton um, but the question really is who plays both <laughs> and is Edison the best captain or should we start looking elsewhere for the captaincy so yeah what do we think about City options for the captaincy yeah, obviously it's very tricky to um, yeah predict who's going to play twice especially as uh, we're, we're actually recording this before they play Wolves on Tuesday mm. so um, that is the missing that's going to be the, the second piece of the puzzle which um, you know you'll, you'll, you'll just have to get later in the week but we'll have plenty of videos so it'll be discussed and we'll have articles on the site as well so that'll that'll help answer the second uh, end of that um, for me um, with that lingering there and the fact that actually Man United and um, Southampton they're not fixtures that massively leap out to me mm. from an attacking sense especially the United game. I'll come on to why in a second. Um, I, I actually think this could be could be an opportunity, yeah, to captain a Man City defender because um, 
yeah, I'll start. I'll start with Man United. I mean, Man United when they play these big games, they just always finish nil nil. And mm. we said that last week, didn't we? And yeah. that's exactly what happened. It was the Chelsea, most predictable so. result <laughs> we've ever had, and it came yeah. to pass. Exactly. So, just going over their their matches against top six. Game week twenty six, Man United nil nil with Chelsea. Twenty game week twenty one nil nil with Arsenal. Game week nineteen nil nil with Liverpool. Um, game week twelve nil nil with Man City. Um, and then game week uh, seven and six, Arsenal they lost one nil. It was mm. but it was nearly a nil nil. It was a penalty from Aubameyang. In game week six, Chelsea nil nil. So nil nil is you know not exactly unexpected for a Manchester derby these days. Uh, if one team's going to score, like it's more likely to be Man City, uh, just because of the way that Man United set up for these games. Um, but either way, the chance of a clean sheet is very high, uh, not least because Man City's defence, of course, is very good. So over the last four matches, which, as I said, doesn't include the Wolves game, but, um, uh, you know, still, you know, relevant, uh, the last the, those four matches, you know, it's last five if you're going to then include the Wolves game. But they're um, in the top four for expected goals conceded. Um, you know, they've kept two clean sheets in that time, only conceded two goals. Um and actually, the defence is, is a place where you feel a bit more comfortable with who's going to start. I'll just cover Southampton as well. Mm-hmm. Their their attack has been really poor recently. So they've scored um, two goals, uh, sorry, no, four goals in their last six, which is the second worst yeah. in the Premier League over that period. So they're not looking in particularly good shape with the injuries that they've got. Um, they just they can't put two and two together, really. Um, you know, they've losing Romeo for the whole season. Uh, means they've had to play Armstrong at centre mid. He obviously he's naturally a wide man. Yeah. Um, Minamino might come back, um, but I I mean it's, <laughs> I know I picked him as a differential on the scout cast, but no mm. offence to him, I can't see him completely transforming Southampton's attack by coming back from injury, especially if they're playing Man City. So between Man United uh, in the big games, uh, not really offering very much, and Southampton just really unable to actually trouble opposing defences anymore. Yeah, it's hard to look past a Man City defender. Edison, of course, is the most nailed on to start. And we keep saying maybe he'll take a penalty, maybe he will take a penalty, we'll see. Um, like I said, the missing piece of the puzzle is the Wolves game on Tuesday. But my suspicion, which is uh, accurate as of this moment, rather than maybe on Thursday, um, is that um, Cancelo actually looks like a decent option for this mm. because he obviously was rested for the first 26 game. Um, and I generally prefer him for like chances of an attacking return, yeah. uh, just because he can play in midfield. Um, Stones and Diaz have both played the first one of 26. So in if you look at the next two game weeks as a four-game block, because Cancelo's already had his rest, the chances of Diaz or Stones having one in that one, mm-hmm. in my opinion, goes up. So um, I am strongly considered... My bus captain was actually Cancelo. We'll, we'll see, because mm. there's still a lot of football to be played. But that's very much where I'm looking at the moment. Okay, well, I've got um, Stones, Gundogan and Edison. And I think a lot about the City captaincy this week will be, and I say the City captaincy, there's a, a, Man City have a double game week, so it just seems logical to captain them. And as we'll come on later, it might be logical to look elsewhere. But um, I think we're stuck with whoever we've got. So in order for me to move my City assets around, I would be looking at removing one of Stones, who has... Um, halls in virtually every double game week he's played this season for City Edison who's nailed on for seemingly nailed on for clean sheets for two matches but definitely to play and Gundogan who is still getting into the box and could do well Um, so I think like FPL players like me are thinking 
I'm going to have to remove one of them in order to get another one. For example, Kevin De Bruyne. And um, here's, here's something I looked at just the last couple of matches about De Bruyne and Gundogan. Because as a Gundogan owner, I was I was just looking at thinking, why am I not getting points from Gundogan while Kevin De Bruyne's back? And why didn't De Bruyne, why didn't Gundogan get so many points when De Bruyne was around prior in the season. So this is a massively small sample and I'm going to be intent on looking at the Man City game tonight. If Gundogan and KDB are playing, I want to, I want to see more about this. So last two matches though, prior to the Wolves game, De Bruyne has created five chances. He's had five goal attempts in his two starts there. Um, meanwhile, Gundogan has had no chances. He's had two goal attempts. So I'm looking, I'm watching the games, I'm seeing Gundogan making the runs, but I'm not quite seeing the service to him and I'm not seeing him deliver the service to others. And it's two batches, so I don't know. And so that says to me, although Gundogan's currently my bus captain, I do not feel confident at all about that. And I actually may captain Edison, which is the ultimate Dullard move. But Edison will play, I think he'll get two clean sheets. So I think I'll be looking, possibly with bonus, um, but I'll be looking at a 12-point return, so 24 points for my captain. I'll take that. I think oh, I, yeah, I, I would happily take that. Um, it's not a triple captaincy at play for me, so, yeah, I'll happily take that. But what do you think? I mean, am I uh, have I, am I on to something here with Gundogan <laughs> and KDB, or is it just too small a sample size? I mean, it's possible, yeah. I mean... I think, yeah, I, I would like you, I want to see more of this dynamic. Um, we have we have seen it a little bit earlier in the season, but again, only a small sample size. So um, Gundogan um, obviously did well against Chelsea when De Bruyne was playing false nine. So it is possible to get them both on the pitch uh, and then for them to both deliver is just where De Bruyne is best utilised, obviously, is on the right-hand side of a midfield three. So we haven't really seen too much of uh, them start together with Gundogan on the left of the midfield three, De Bruyne, De Bruyne on the right of the midfield three, with when Gundogan has been making those advanced runs. Um, De Bruyne just hasn't played with that uh, setup as often as, as we'd mm. like. Hopefully we see more of it in the Wolves game, um, it, or in, or at least enough to make a decision. So mm. if, in, in a way, you, we kind of, Gundogan doing nothing against Wolves would maybe be a good thing, because mm. it then helps you make more concrete decisions. Um, it would also be good if he does well. <laughs> then I'll just captain him. <laughs> that, that too as well. That too as well. Although, I mean, the thing is, arguably, if he does well, it then starts to... It, that starts to confuse... That mm. For me, that confuses me. You know, he's had two of these games where it hasn't really worked and then for it to work in one game and it hasn't worked in two, to me, that almost makes it a mm. bit Jekyll and Hyde, Ooh. which then hinders my decision-making process. So... Um, uh, to be honest, I'd also like it if Gund I mean, I own Gundogan. I haven't captained him. Mm. I'd also like it if he didn't play against Wolves, because then again, you don't have the worry about is he going to play. So um, there's that too. You know, if Gundogan does yeah. start against Wolves and plays a full ninety, then the then I start to get a bit concerned about the double game week as well, mm. because we've we've all said throughout this whole period that you know Man City have got four games across two game weeks. They're probably the worst team that you would want to have four games in quick succession in. Uh, talk, talking about predicting the team 
you know, in terms of getting points, great. It's amazing because they're fantastic. But in terms of predicting that team, very hard. We've all kind of said we reckon that the best players will maybe play three of the four. We'd be very shocked if any of them played started all four when you consider you've got the Champions League coming up. Um, one of these games is against Southampton, who the wheels have completely come off their season. So not that Guardiola ever likes to weaken his side, but, you know, we've seen him, um, you know, make changes uh, in games against favourable opposition at home. And he will definitely see Southampton as that in their current situation. Like game week 21 against Sheffield United, he, um, you know, Sterling didn't play in that one. Cancelo didn't play in that one. Um, I think, um, yeah, Brighton in game week 18, he, he, he moved things around a little bit. So home games against bad teams, mm. Burnley game week 10 is another one. Um, that's when he starts to rotate things. So that's going to be at the back of my mind as well, which does yeah. just kind of bring me back to Edison and Cancelo. Yeah. You know, Edison won't get the rest. Cancelo's already had one. So in terms of the timeline of when you're, how you're predicting the, the starts occurring, he's already thrown us a Cancelo bone, but we don't have in my opinion, enough on, on no. Gundogan yet because he's going to need it for the Champions League. So, so it's, oh, it's just too many unknowns. I, I hate double game weeks for Man City, even though they can be rewarding. They're, they're such a mind-bender. Yeah, it is It, it is really tricky. Uh, the Southampton game looks looks obviously the most favourable, but you know who is going to play? That's why we'll be looking at the Wolves match. Also, further to that in defence, obviously we've got rotation. Stones and Diaz can be rotated. We've seen Laporte come in there. Nathan Ake is um, back, going to be back in training. Um, full training, I believe. So he could be an option. I think he, he could be an option for if Nathan Ake. Is not not, not, not an option for us. An option for Pep. <laughs> well, <laughs> not, true. I'm not saying an option for us. He could be an no, option but, for Pep Guardiola. In but which, it would be so this season, though, wouldn't it? And it, and it, <laughs> and it and at the expense of someone like Stones, and that's what I would be looking at. And that's why yeah. me. That's why I'm not going to be captaining Stones, <laughs> even though he has been a, probably the best asset. <laughs> to have um, because he scored in the last double game weeks he's the Laporte of this season um, yeah tough decisions mate I've just got some more figures to put up on the screen this is last four matches for Man City so this this uh, includes that time obviously De Bruyne's back and obviously De Bruyne's last matches um, that he picked but it also underlines how creative De Bruyne is and still is um, but also how well how poor he's been in front of goal um, so we we're looking at his expected goal involvement quite quite low down actually despite those nine chances created less than one goal is expected to have been involved in um, and his shots inside the box one just one shot inside the box so as we saw he's getting goal attempts but he's only getting one inside the box there so it was what we want one of them close to goal on target um, you know it's great when you see a De Bruyne howitzer going in at 30 yards but that's just not going to happen every week um, as much as we would love it to. Um, but it also underlines Cancelo there. He's created four chances. He's had a couple of shots inside the box. So he's actually had more shots inside the box than De Bruyne. Um, and he's had a big chance as well. De Bruyne hasn't had any big chances over his last four. Gundogan there, five big chances. Underlying stats guy, he's the top guy. Expected to have scored at least three, maybe even four uh, goals being involved in, rather. And he's had indeed scored four goals. Um, Sterling is the one. Sterling's probably going to play tonight. He's had his rest. Will Sterling play both of those two games? I think Sterling, if he plays both of those two games, could be a great option. But I don't think he's ever scored for, for City against Manchester United. 
So he's ever, hasn't he never scored for anyone against Manchester? He's United? never scored against Manchester United. Yeah, and yeah, in, so uh, including Liverpool for so. a game that we are once again predicting to be nil nil. That doesn't bode enormously well for a double game week. Um, some tough decisions to be made. Um, to definitely timestamp this, this is before the Wolves game. I just want to reiterate that. So you you may be watching this after the Wolves game, in which case you will be armed with much more information than we have. And we've just outlined some of the things we'll be looking out for in terms of starts, rotation, um, and also that KDB and Gundogan dynamic. Um, just have a quick look at defences over the last four as well. I mean, it can show shows there that the Manchester, Manchester United and Southampton have uh, conceded um, six big chances each. So <clears throat> there is definitely, definitely a strong possibility of goals. But the way, Man- as you said, the way Manchester United is set up, it's a different, it's a different ball game with the uh, top six. Um, those options there. Um, what about Southampton? <laughs> okay, in terms of, I was going to say, in previously, my notes had, in terms of big chances, it looks like it's Ings or no one. But I did a revised table this morning on big chances over the last four um, because we could include the Everton match which took place last night, Monday night. I seem to have a guard, <laughs> but he's only had two big chances. I say only yeah. two. He's a 4.7 defender. He's had two big chances. But no one else has, has, has that. Over the last four matches, the injured Walcott won, Ings won, Minamino won, um, you know, it goes on, Adams won, Teller won. They've all had a big chance over the last four um, I mean I look at this table and I just go Ugh. <laughs> I'm not captaining any of this lot um, but yeah what do you think just before we move on Slapton for the captaincy well nah absolutely no way I'm not gonna I'm not gonna own any of their players I mean um, it's in a way it's very sad I played the last post as I sold mm. Alex McCarthy for game oh. week 26 because he was the very last player of my team who had lasted since game week one oh. and he's gone and Ralph Hasenhutl did exactly the same thing um, you know Fraser Forster's in now mm. so you can't even trust the goalkeeper thing if you wanted to because to be honest I mean they're playing Sheffield United so I mean that's not too bad right um, mm. you know that that's that's not awful that's actually a not bad game but you know we always like to say you need form as well as fixture yeah um, in, as I said, in the last uh, four, ma- in the last six matches, sorry, Southampton mm. have scored four goals, mm. uh, which is the joint lowest in the division. The lowest mm. is Sheffield United, so this looks like a nailed on nil nil in my opinion. Um, against Everton, they didn't have a shot on target until the 89th minute, um, and that was um, that was actually Vestergaard, who was uh, it was it's sort of second yeah. phase from a free kick uh, from a corner, I think it was, and, and Pickford uh, smothered it quite nicely. Um, so I just I, I can't, yeah, the stats back up kind of my eye test of watching Southampton. Uh, to be perfectly honest mm. the fact that I think they could get a clean sheet maybe in the Sheffield United game makes you think makes you maybe wonder about Vestergaard <laughs> I mean I, I only say this I only say this because didn't Luke captain him for the and, other double and, game that they and, played and, and he obviously didn't deliver and, but. <laughs> and let's 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 mention Luke here because Luke captained Gareth yeah, triple captained Gareth Bale for the yeah, current play. game double game we were involved in so if he's thinking of captaining Vestergaard and he's just double a triple captain um, <laughs> Gareth Bale, huge haul there, and Who's he's only played one size? match, um, <laughs> then maybe, maybe Vestergaard yeah. is someone to consider. So that's but, one for the Mavericks, we're going to say. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because the Sheffield United game isn't bad, but of course the problem is with Man City mm. game, you could possibly expect him to lose all his points that he's earned in the Sheffield United game, lose them all in the Man mm. City game. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, with, with um yeah with Ings I 
when the team is at full capacity, he's a great option. Mm. But they just they're missing so much talent that you just can't trust them to, no. to get anything right now. Okay, let's have a look at some of these other fixtures then. And um, looking at that, um, arguably the West Ham Leeds game could be if you're looking at a single game week captaincy option, the West Ham Leeds game could be your place. Um, because Antonio and Rafina, last four matches, um, have been exceptional key players. Let's have a look at the expected goal involvement. Last four. So Gundogan, as we saw, is top when we looked at the Man City players. But second is Antonio. He's had four big chances. Expected to have been involved in three or four goals. Scored a couple. Created a couple of chances. Had a couple of assists. I mean, he's bang on. He's, he, the underlying, he's matching his underlying stats, which are great. Salah. Um, perhaps um, is is a player that we should be considering. We'll maybe come to him in a sec. But but Rafina there, he's just had the one big chance, but his expected goal involvement is expected to have been involved in nearly three goals there. He's created an eye-popping 17 chances, <laughs> um, which is um, double Kevin De Bruyne. So he's a double Kevin De Bruyne at the moment, which is pretty huge. <laughs> and then Sterling's creeping in there. Um, and and Diagne. Is it Diane? Diane? I'll go with Diane. I, I still am yeah. not completely sure. West, I keep getting uh, multiple different yeah. pronunciations thrown at me. So. The, the, the Prince of Goals at West Brom, <laughs> Diane, um, is expected goal involvement is um, you know two and a half, meant to be involved in three goals. And he's had four big chances as well. So there are some options there. But yeah, going back to those fixtures again, I mean, those those players I mentioned, but any any others spring out? Well, I know that um, Jesse Lingard is uh, all of a sudden um, the talk of the town. Um, I mean, Antonio has made a mockery of a lot of us because a lot of us have binned him off yeah. for the tough games. Went for my team two weeks ago. Single, yeah, <laughs> I, I told him to get Watkins, which mm. might be inspired. It depends what Villa yeah. do in the second half of the game. We, we'll see. But yeah, Antonio, I think um, he has he always had the ability to be fixture-proof. And I feel sort of silly for ignoring it because mm. he, he did it in Project Restart. He did it at the start of the season as well. People forget that um, they were just not on our radar at all because they had horrible fixtures. Mm. But he, whilst those fixtures were happening, he was still delivering. So, yeah. you know, um, game week two, scored against Arsenal. Game week four, scored against Leicester. Game week six, scored against Man City. He's obviously now done that again. So, yeah, he looks great. Um, yeah, Lingard is coming into the conversation increasingly because, yeah, he's just... He's so reliable since he's turned up. It's it's amazing. It's like the World Cup 2018 all over again. Um, you know, since he's been here, it was uh, two goals against Villa, one assist mm-hmm. against Sheffield United, a goal against Spurs, and an assist against Man City. So, you know, that's basically a goal involvement per game. Um, and his stats aren't too bad either. He doesn't seem to get too many big chances, but um, he he loves a shot and he loves an accurate one mm-hmm. too. So, in the last four matches, he's got six shots on target, uh, which is the the second highest in the league. The only one higher than that is Madison who obviously is injured at the moment, but is included because mm-hmm. we're on players' last four matches. So if you exclude injured players, then Jesse Lingard is joint top for shots on target. Um, he's only had one big chance, which just kind of highlights that the, the chances he's getting aren't necessarily massive. Um, but he's, he's certainly keen, which I think we all knew about him anyway, on and off the pitch. Um, but he's got some creativity too, which is kind of nice. Again, it's not groundbreaking, but it's... Um, it's it's good enough for to the thing is what he does he doesn't create loads of chances he just creates a healthy number of big chances mm. which is not that surprising when you consider yeah. the way that they um, the way that team is built to supply Antonio who is six yard box merchant and I don't say that as an insult that's mm. exactly what he's there for and he's great that's great for fantasy assets but he seems to be the guy that can kind of you know whiz through a few people and lay it on a plate in those scenarios because in the last four matches he's created two big chances which means he's joined third best in the league mm-hmm. for that as well so 
you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to sign him this week because obviously he can't play against Man United. But yes. I think Lingard is increasingly going <clears> to <throat> kind of be in the captaincy conversation. Of course, yeah. it can benefit from the clean sheets if they get one, gets more points for the goals compared to Antonio. So, um, yeah, he's definitely worth thinking about at some point. See, so back in game week one, I would have thought, OK, City have a double game week. But one of the best captaincy options could be Jesse Lingard playing, <laughs> playing for West Ham. Um, that's the stuff of science fiction. But the thing well, is... <laughs> it's this season, isn't it? The like... <laughs> thing is, that was game week one, I would have thought that was science fiction. But now, game week 27, I think, hang on a minute, you've got a point. Because he's going to play and he's get, and he's getting he's in an attacking role. And Leeds ship goals for fun. Um yeah. You know what they say about science fiction? It's yeah. science fiction until you are, um, you know, yeah. evolved enough to believe that actually it's yeah. science fact. So yes. Maybe that's what it is. Science present and fact. <laughs> um, so what about Spurs against Palace? Um, Gareth Bale, Kane, Son. I mean, all could, could be good options. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, the way they played against Burnley was was very exciting, and I think Bale was a big part of that. I think one of the reasons why I think you know they hadn't looked. It looked particularly turgid before he turned turned up and 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 played the last few games. Um, it's had a big impact. So I think um, it's hard to say because we don't know if he's necessarily going to play week in week out, as you said earlier. Um, but uh, it's still worth looking at um, what's in front of them this week. You know, they play Palace, who in the last four matches have an expected goals conceded of seven point two five, which is actually the third worst in in the league. So you know, they're going up against a team that will give them opportunities if they're prepared to create them, which against Burnley they were. Um, you know, maybe we can come to expect that as being, you know, what they're capable of doing now. Um so that so looking at Kane, um in the last four matches he's joint top for for shots on target um with six. Um he's had eleven shots in the box, um which is, you know, hardly unhealthy. Um if you exclude Callum Wilson from this, because obviously with it being last four matches, if you exclude injured players, uh Kane's joint top for that as well. Um the ratio between big chances and shots in the box for him isn't uh, amazing, but it's not awful either. So even though he's had 11 shots in the box, joint best, um, he's had three big chances and about 10 players have had more big chances than that. But the thing with Kane is that he doesn't necessarily need a big chance to, to get a goal. You know, we've seen him yeah. you know, absolutely pile drive something from the edge of the box and the goalkeeper just has no clue what to do with it. And at the very least, the shots are on target. That's good. Um, so, you know... Um, I think a large part of why people were signing people uh, signing Kane for game week 26 was they also quite liked the look of the game week 27 fixture. Um, of course, playing game week 29 as well. So um, yeah, it's um, he, he, Kane will definitely be in a conversation. I think mm-hmm. um, Son. It's, I don't think it, he won't be in a conversation as much. He his goal threat seems to have diminished a bit. Last four matches, three shots in the box, one big chance, four on target. So it doesn't really compare with Kane. But his assist potential has, has, yeah. has shot up massively. So 12 chances created, three big chances created. Two of those obviously were for Bale in the most recent game. Brings it back round to, I think, a lot of whether or not Spurs can offer a massive amount in game week 27 or as much as they did against Burnley really does just depend on whether or not Bale plays and that perhaps will sit at the back of some people. I mind. mean, it could be that we're witnessing the start of a trend. Which we've obviously seen the Kane-Son trend, goal assist assist, goal, that's the way it's been going. But just looking at that last match, the Burnley match, um, and the assist potential is huge for Son, as you are saying. He's had set, he had created seven chances, um, and his big chances created was three there. And then looking at um, goal threat, um, he's he's actually much lower down. So he's only created, only had two shots 
Um, compared to Kane had five, five shots there. And that's what you want to see with Kane. And that's why I think for me, Kane will always be the best captaincy option. But um, Son in terms of assist potential and Bale in terms of explosivity um, and just being a world-class player um, who who's looks to be in great form at the moment. Um, all three great options, yeah. Lots, lots for us to consider as well. Um, will I captain Edison? Um, is Cancelo the best captaincy shout? And are we fools to ignore Vestergaard, the maverick pick? But in the meantime, David, thanks so much for joining me um, and good luck with your captaincy decision. Cheers. Thanks. And same to you, Joe.